Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Marianne Montaigne is with us, uh, portfolio manager at Gradient Investments, who joins from Arden Hills, Minnesota. Hope you're staying warm. It's got to be really cold up there. Oh, it's the bold north up here. It is. So give me the view of the bold north when you look at the price action. Let's talk about yesterday. That was stunning, just the, the explosion yeah. that we had in the equity market. What do you make of it? Well, we heard the Fed chair say that he's got a less hawkish stand on upcoming Fed funds interest rates uh, as to those increases. So that deceleration from several months of 75 basis point increases to probably 50 basis points, uh, likely, in his words, uh, uh, so to speak, for the month of December, which is just uh, middle of this month. And um, it really caused a lot of people to, you know, think that maybe they won't over-tighten and we won't go into a deep recession. Uh, and it caused a lot of short covering yesterday. So that's what really drove the stock prices higher was the short covering. You've also said that you're more comfortable now in your 60-40 split for stocks and bonds. Tell us what you're expecting in terms of momentum in the S&P 500 as we end out 2022 and, and enter 2023. Well, we think that we'll continue to see the market's go higher between now and year end. Um, It it puts us right now on track for maybe a 5 to 10% drop in the S&P for the full year, far better than the 24% drop we saw at the end of September. Yeah, a lot of people were making uh, a light of the fact um, that this 200-day moving average, I I think it's up for debate. The fact that we held above that, there's a bull case, I guess, to be made, although other folks were saying that it's not really a durable move, particularly when you consider some of the soft economic data. The PMI was uh, was weak, and this kind of suggests mm-hmm. that we should be on high alert for a contraction in corporate earnings. Well, I, I'm not sure about that contraction in corporate earnings. If you look at all the commodity inputs, uh, they've all come down sharply from their peaks in the middle of the year. And so as you roll through lower cost of energy into the first quarter and other things, timber, uh, copper, you name it, um, we can see corporate earnings perhaps being better than feared. But I do think there's a fear factor in the first quarter, maybe into the second quarter as well. Um, I just appreciate the fact that the Fed is willing to step back and take a look at how much damage they've done to the economy, uh, how much damage they've done to the inflation rate in order to, um, you know, assess what needs to be done going forward and not over-tighten and put us into a worse situation. And just quickly, in terms of the damage that you say they've done, what is the likelihood of a, of a deep recession? I, I don't think it's highly likely, but, um, you know, given, given current factors, I uh, again, if we've got if people are fearing an earnings recession, 
uh, going into the first half or depression. Um, I think they have to look at the, um, the factors from the ground up and reassess. Picking up on that China story, it certainly saw some positive momentum in assets in Asia yesterday that Beijing will allow some virus-infected people to isolate at home. As we start to see these piecemeal pieces about uh, reopening, what are you looking at in emerging markets? Well, we like the iShares core ETF, and the ticker is IEMG, like Ice Cream Edward um, Michael Gold. Uh, where we're seeing strong price momentum over the past five weeks. And it appears to also be breaking through its 200-day moving average, is, uh, as is the uh, S&P 500. Uh, but here it's on expectations that China is finally going to reopen its economy. And we like the diversification of this ETF across various emerging markets, uh, but uh, we note that 27% are the largest piece is stocks based in China. So that's uh, an area that's of great interest to us. Are there other markets outside of the United States that you're interested in, not necessarily China or EM per se? Would you be interested in North Asia, Japan? We were just talking about possibly uh, the idea that we're going to get some revisitation or uh, at least a consideration to to change policy on the part of the Bank of Japan. Would you be tempted to put money to work either in Japan or, let's say, South Korea? Uh, not at this point. Um, that's just not on our uh, front burner, shall we say. All right, let's talk about what is your front burner. I, I'm looking at some of the consumer stocks, but you've gone a little cautious on McDonald's. Why is that? Well, it, it's not so much cautious on the company. It's really about the valuation. So it's trading at 26 times forward earnings right now, whereas the market is closer to 18 times. Uh, this is a stock we've held for about four and a half years, so we can def- definitely say we're long-term investors. Um, it's done well for us, but um, we just decided that we're uh, going to uh, exit here at a 10-year high. What's your view on the bond market right now? Are there opportunities that you like in credit? Yeah, so um, really across the bond market, we think it's more interesting than it has been in a while. Um, we saw the 10-year reach uh, 4.25%. Now, that was five weeks ago, and since that time, all interest rates have been uh, on the decline. So uh, we'd like to get people to rebalance in here, uh, take advantage of some of these higher rates before they slip lower. Uh, we think that uh, investment-grade credit is attractive. We think that uh, high yield is very attractive. Uh, you know, again, we, we're looking at where it was at the start of the year, where it is now. And uh, it, at the start of the year, we were in a real conundrum. How do you make money in a uh, bond market where rates are going to go higher? And uh, so we had to be very nimble around that. But now it's like, let's look at some steady eddy, uh, you know, uh, household names like the 10-year U.S. Treasury or just uh, JNK for the ETF for the high-yield bonds. You make a great point that uh, where we are now is certainly not where we thought we would be 12 months ago, and, and that is, I guess, the, the cycle of all of these uh, headwinds that, that have come out of, uh, out of nowhere, I guess, in, in a sense, for the year. Where do you see, I guess, the biggest risk for, for 2023? Is it going to be these recessionary fears we touched on? Is it geopolitical tension, too? We've heard that uh, Stephen Roach saying the U.S.-China tension is worse under Biden than it was under President Trump. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, our base case is not a solid recession. That is not our base case. Um, the geopolitical concerns are uh, what I call the, um, um, the, the black swans. A, a lot of times you can't predict who's going to pop out of where with what action, and that's why we like to have gold as about 5% holding in our portfolios mm-hmm. year after year for, for those black swan events. And I want to point out that that price of 1816, 1816 per ounce on gold, is up from 1702 just a few weeks ago. So um, that compares to uh, its nemesis, Bitcoin, uh, which has been on a continued slide this year, I think through November 30th, it was down 62%. Um, so uh, there, there's your black swan uh, investment. Yeah, well, maybe not a black swan. I think many people saw that coming. Uh, very quickly, 10 seconds. How much cash are you sitting on these days, Marianne? Uh, we are fully invested. Um, we are not sitting on excess cash. All right, Marianne, and thank you for putting it more uh, concisely than I did, Black Swan, rather than things coming out of nowhere. Marianne Montaigne, Portfolio Manager at Gradient Investments, on the line for us here from uh, on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.